Hello and welcome back to another one of our episodes of this SDCCE Gateway Podcast. My name is Alfredo Chavez, your host and peer mentor with the Gateway Program. Um, let me just give you a quick rundown of what the program is. We are an uh, immigrant refugee English language learner program geared toward the ages of 16 to 24 to help break academic barriers, to help get into college, continue with their career path, and um, supply any... Uh, tools that you might need to be able um, to grow personally. And if you feel like you fall under that category and would like more information about the program, feel free to comment down below or reach out to one of us via one of the links on our webpage, and we will be more than happy to assist you in enrolling and qualifying you for this program. With that being said, welcome back to this very special month where we celebrate Black history, all right? So uh, we are having this special series to celebrate it, to recognize all the history, all the barriers, and all the overcomers um, that have been able to uh, surpass all the inequalities within systems and uh, other things that can be presented uh, with uh, different barriers, right? And today we are so excited, we are so excited to be able to have with us our very own president of SDCCE, Dr. Tina M. King. Thank you for being with us, Doctor. We are uh, super excited and well let's let's dive right into this right so first of all how are you how are you doing well I'm doing good thank you so much Alfredo what a beautiful introduction introduction I'm extremely excited I want to start off by saying happy black history month happy black history um, month. and I'm excited to start uh, to be here of course with you all um, to start the morning off with this podcast but also as we move into Women's History Month correct there's so much to celebrate within this month and next month as well so I am doing great Perfect, perfect. And well, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, right? We see uh, Dr. King all over campus, and we might see you walking down the halls of um, one of the multiple institutions or campuses that we have, right? But we might not get to know you personally or know anything about you, right? Um, So what are some things that you might want people to know about you? Yeah, um, well, of course, new president at San Diego College of Continuing Education. I've been here for seven months. Prior to this role, I was the assistant superintendent Um, Vice President of Student Affairs at Southwestern College. I'm a proud Afro-Latina woman, uh, black woman, and so there's so many multi-layers of me, but in addition to my role here, I'm also a professor at San Diego State University, and so um, through and through, I'm a die-hard educator, Mm -hmm. and so my life's work mission has been on the backs of um, creating, uh, advancing um, ways for um, those who have been underserved, marginalized, right. um, to have opportunities, very much of what you described about the Gateway Program. Right, and and um, after doing some research, I mean, I've seen that you have such a rich history in education <laughs> from working in Orange County yeah. and all your career in K-12 to now being here at SDCCE, you really have had an, uh, an M- impact right, in your surroundings in regards to equity and uh, inclusion. And I, I just want to personally thank you oh. for everything that you have done and everything that you're continuing to do even here at ECC. Oh, thank you. And you absolutely did your history. Uh, just, just a little bit, just a, a little bit of you research, did your right? Research. <laughs> historical so, research on me, yeah. So, for, for you, being president of uh, SDCCE, I mean, you have so many things you have to get done, right? You have, you're sure. all over the place. You have so many tasks and duties. Um, what would you say that maybe a day in your, in your life would look like? 
Well, a day in my life, first of all, I'm a mommy, mm. I'm a wife. And so starting off with my family is really important. Starting our morning off, I don't always get a chance, of course, right. um, spend as much time with them as I would like, but starting our day, our morning off together. But a day in the life is multifaceted. It depends on what's on the agenda for the day. Um, so being a parent, uh, getting your child to school, and then coming in to do the great work that we do, the selfless work we do as servant leaders too, um, for myself, running a college, and having multiple um, interactions with the students we serve, with the employees, um, and also our community partners. Um, so I would say um, a day in the life is varies depending on what day it is, mm -hmm. um, but it's really um, focused on the core of myself as a personal uh, personal person, and then also my um, uh, my career as the president. So creating partnerships, advancing opportunities for students, and um, always making sure that we can find um, ways to tap into resources um, so that our students can thrive. Right. And with that being said, what would you say are some of the tools that help you get through your days? Uh, what are some of the things that you mm -hmm. might say, well, this is indispensable. I need this to be able to get through my days. I would say the team, yeah. the folks that I work with are amazing. Um, this work, you cannot do it alone, although you'll hear it all the time. It's lonely mm -hmm. um, in, in the roles that we're in, in leadership, in education. Um, but I do think that it's important to have a strong team. Yes. Um, so I have an amazing executive president's cabinet. I do need them. I need a vice president's student service to oversee the student services functions. I need my vice president of instruction to oversee the instructional um, functions. Um, the other pieces to what I need to absolutely to survive are my faith, um, right? And so being um, rooted and grounded in my faith. And then um, being rooted and grounded in who I am as a person. Um, those that have come before me um, have truly um, shaped and molded me to be the leader that I am today. And so, uh, and lastly, and most importantly, is my family. Yeah. Uh, I need them so that I you know, wake up every morning and knowing that they love me and that I can come back at the end of the day and, and have their love and their support is important. There's a Spanish saying that says, unidos hacemos la fuerza, united we are stronger. stronger. And I believe uh, that, 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 that that's very true, very true to be able to get through um, your days. And I mean, uh, you walk into this, these facilities, right, and you see such a diverse work group. You see everybody represented. Yeah. You see everybody um, of every group, you could say, coming together for one same purpose of helping the, the community. Yeah. And um, uh, I think that that is very indispensable for your work and yeah. for even ours, you know, as we all help each other out. If, you know, somebody in outreach, somebody here at Gateway mm -hmm. needs something, we're always there to assist one another. So I, I agree with you. That's definitely something that, um, that even us, right, as a, mm -hmm. as a program helps us to keep uh, moving forward. But even with that, what would you say are some of the things that people misunderstand about SDCCE, maybe oh. about when someone says free classes, right? <laughs> or when yeah. somebody thinks ECC. What are mm -hmm. the things that somebody, some people might misunderstand from that? Yeah, I think many people don't understand that San Diego College of Continuing Education, while we are under the guise of the Community College District of San Diego Community College District, we are our own separate entity. While we're not credit-bearing, we're a standalone adult education institution. There's only two of our kind. Mm -hmm. There's SDCCE and NOCE in North Orange County. And so it's really important for folks to understand while it's free, it's not truly free. It's right. no cost to the students. But there is a cost, but it's not paid through our students. Our chancellor's office pays for it. The other thing I think folks um, don't understand, or what I should say would be helpful, is for us to demystify these um, negative, negative stereotypes
stereotypes as it pertains to community college, but also for skills, trades, workforce um, fields. For example, we offer career technical education. Mm -hmm. Our CTE courses are fast courses. They're short term, which lead to livable wages. Right. And so I think if folks understood that you can go to SDCCE for free, at no cost to the student and get a certified nursing assistance state license exam, you can wow. be a nurse and make <laughs> livable wages and you can do it in less amount of time. And that doesn't mean that it's an either or, meaning you only do this. You can get the certificate, start working, and continue to pursue your mm -hmm. associate's degree or your bachelor's degree or whichever you decide to do. And so I think there are misunderstandings about what we do, what we mm -hmm. offer, as well as who can access them. The other thing is San Diego College of Continuing Education, anyone in California, regardless of residency status, can mm -hmm. enroll in our programs. That's and wonderful. folks don't recognize that. It doesn't matter. We don't look at your, your, your status in terms of um, your citizenship. We have these, these courses that are free for anyone. And so um, the other thing I don't think folks truly understand all of the programs that we offer, our cyber hire program, our wow. you know welding program, our skills trades program, our culinary arts program, or our language acquisition for our ELL program. So there's a plethora of courses and programs that we offer that lead to livable wages, and folks just don't know that we're here. And you said it best, we're not just at the ECC campus, which is one of our you know most known campuses, but there's seven main campuses that surround the perimeter of San Diego County. Wow, that, that's amazing, and and I think uh, people don't understand completely that you come on the com on the campus for opportunity. Right. You come on here, and you're you're, you're, you're we're going to give you a chance. We're going to mm -hmm. find a way to make be able to give you that opportunity to excel at, at what you're best at, yeah. right, and help yeah. you to grow in that. But even with that, here at ECC, there's such mm -hmm. rich history in these hallways. Mm -hmm. There is such rich history in, in the theater, right? Mm -hmm. um, from, just to name a few here, from Jesse Jackson mm -hmm. to Muhammad Ali, mm -hmm. Whoopi Goldberg, Stevie Wonder, Loretta Scott uh, King, Maya Angelou, uh, within so many other names that could mm -hmm. be um, dropped right now, right? Mm -hmm. um, that have been able to uh, give us the opportunity to grace our hallways um, with uh, their presence and to leave a mark, not only on the ECC campus, but also uh, uh, in the community that surrounds us. And mm -hmm. not only in the community that surrounds us, but nationwide. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the black history within uh, the ECC campus? Yeah. Um, I, first of all, I want to say that there's so much beautiful richness and historical history um, as you described at our ECC educational cultural complex um, campus but the reason we're afforded this campus and we have access to this campus it wasn't the educational system it was the community organizers mm. who bound together the mobile organizers um, they came together to actually give us access to this land and they did that so that there would be a community college in their community so that they would have access to. Wow. And so with that being said, um, to, you know, there's a saying to whom is given much is, uh, is uh, expected in return. Right. And with that being said, um, 
the black beauty, the black pride, and the black excellence on this campus is untouched. Right. It is truly the civil rights hub. And many people know that it was the ECC campus where there was a lot of organizing mm -hmm. to create Dr. King's uh, feder to create Dr. King's birthday as a federal holiday, which is why Coretta <laughs> Scott King came to ECC campus um, to celebrate his birthday. But with that being said, um, there has been a lot of community organizations who have come together who have utilized this space and deemed it as the um, civil rights hub for San Diego, San Diego County, and like you talked about, that is also woven into the American history, into the black beauty and pride um, that we celebrate today. Um, and with the upcoming theater renovation that I'm sure we'll talk about, I'm not sure if we're going to go there, Definitely. but I'll talk a little bit about it. Um, that's why Senator Pro Temp Tony Atkins gave us $35 million in a grant so that we can renovate our theater because of the roots um, that are here in southeastern San Diego through ECC campus. So there's so much richness to talk about, and I'm sure we'll get more to it, but that's just enough to start with. Man, yeah. Well, yeah. let's dive into the theater, right? Yes. Um, man, it's been untouched for so so long, yeah. it's, it, it, it's, it really is a, an untapped gold mine in regards yeah. to the richness of history that is in that theater. Just yeah. the people, I mean, uh, Stevie Wonder played in that yeah. orchestra pit. We've had so many uh, positive changes in yeah. society come from that. Um, what can you say in regards to that? What, 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 what can you talk to us about the history of that theater? I think history continues to repeat itself here mm -hmm. at SDCCE and that we owe it to the community to make sure that they have a space here at our college and in our theater to continue to the, do the great work that our ancestors started. Right. Um, and so I'm excited that what I, what I will say is that the theater is going to go through a beautiful renovation and we wow. truly want to create the La Jolla, La Jolla Playhouse of Southeastern San hmm. Diego for our community <laughs> members to have access to um, this theater. Um, in addition to that, um, my hope is that just as we talked about all of these influential black, um, excellent performers, activists, that we have that same energy and synergy picked back up here at our campus in the future after the renovation is done. And it's happening while the renovation is being done as well. Definitely. You can definitely feel that that passion for inclusion yeah. when you walk yeah. through these hallways. Um, but uh, I also know that in, in Mesa College, Rosa Parks was at Mesa College. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to, I don't know exactly everything that um, that she did. I, I, I was able to find a little little <laughs> bit. That I, I know they're still looking out yeah. there for pictures yeah. of Rosa Parks, but um, is there anything that you know in regards to that? You know, I don't know a lot about that, but what I will say is I do know that San Diego Community College District is prided for the diversity, equity, inclusion, anti-racism, and access that it provides at all four of its campuses. Specifically at Mesa College, I have heard about Rosa Parks being there, but they also have a beautiful African arts gallery. Wow. And so there is, I mean, these artifacts are one of its kind in the world that are at Mesa College. Mm -hmm. and so. Um, again, those are just reasons why our district is so special, um, and it's for us, it's exciting because they're one of our sister colleges. Right. And as we continue to move forward with this theater, our goal is to create our own African-American civil rights gallery right. here at our ECC campus right outside of the theater. So, um, yeah, I can't speak to Rosa Parks, but yeah. I hear that she was there. And to have um, her name along with many others who have graced our colleges is, is just 
it's amazing. Definitely, definitely. And uh, with that exhibition that you were talking about, that uh, uh, Museum of Black History, we, we, we will write, uh, in the outside of the theater, yeah. um, I believe it's a companion exhibition alongside another one that San Diego is also promoting and uh, helping out to establish, right? What, what can you tell us, that, uh, how's the progress going for that Museum of Black History that we would love to see here on our campus? Yeah, you know, baby steps, right? right. We crawl before we walk. And first is the theater, and then the next step is to identify the funding to help us develop this gallery. Mm -hmm. And so our goal would be to make, again, this the Civil Rights Hub, where we have this beautiful theater, and then we have an African-American gallery here in our community where there we can see artifacts that belong to um, um, creative individuals who um, uh, that peak to the um, cultural aspects of the African diaspora, the black community mm -hmm. here in southeastern San Diego. Right, right, and that, that, this is just amazing. I, I love that we're, we're we're going into depth with with uh, this this topic about all the history here at ECC. Yeah. It's just it's just so amazing. But. Um, Maybe uh, shifting, shifting gears here a li little bit, right? Um, we're, we're a program geared towards helping immigrant refugees, yes. um, English language learners, um, going through college, going through maybe even high school, getting that, that uh, um, high school equivalency. Um, what would you say uh, was a major or maybe even minor, any academic barrier that you possibly had to overcome going through college? Yeah, um, before I go there, I wanna just highlight our immigrant support um, base program are, that we have here at our campus at San Diego College of Continuing Education that is geared to supporting our students who are immigrants, refugees, those that are seeking asylum. Um, and we have that uh, program that is really housed at our Cesar Chavez campus. But the goal is to continue to create these affinity groups throughout all seven of our campuses to support our students with special populations. And so we have an immigrant-based program. We also have a program that uh, we're developing a program to support our black men of color um, that's to come in the future for black student success um, specifically for me one of the barriers that I would say um, going navigating the educational system would be the lack of mm. educational capital or navigational capital to navigate a system that really wasn't designed for us um, I shared that I'm Afro-Latina being raised by a Mexican mother um, I also have roots from family members that are my own mother and my grandparents who are immigrants from another country um, that were farm workers here. And so I didn't have someone who had navigated the educational system that could tell me, this is how you fill out a FAFSA, this is how mm -hmm. you fill out an application. I truly got lucky and stumbled on uh, a fair, an educational fair. I dragged, I got dragged along by a friend and her mother, and I filled out an application, never expecting to hear anything back. Wow. And I received a call for an interview at a, a college. Wow. And I was thinking, okay, I didn't know what to expect. Nonetheless, I got accepted to the program. I came in through the EOPS program. Okay. And so it was through the EOPS program that it really helped me to navigate the barriers that I, I faced. And some of those barriers were imposter syndrome, mm -hmm. um, not having the financial support. Um, also, I was a, a, um, a student parent. I was a young parent. I had a son while I was in school. And so it was challenging navigating education, the, uh, navigating uh, undergraduate and having a parent, a, ch a child being a parent. And so, so those are some of the barriers that I faced, but it was through EOPS, counselors and other programs that truly supported me through mm. that process. Right, and even ECC, we have so many things yeah. that can support our students, right? We have uh, the child care, where, where yeah. the, I, know, I believe the, the food pantry is working mm -hmm. on getting up and running. So we have a lot of resources to help break these uh, barriers, right, that our students might be um, going through. And um, it, 
but it's really up to them, right, to talk to us and also us to present these yeah. opportunities to show them, hey, this is the, um, the resources that we have to support you in reaching your goals, right? Like an EOPS program, mm -hmm. um, we've had students come into our, uh, into this room mm -hmm. specifically and mm -hmm. say, hey, I can't buy books, I can't, well, yeah. there's this program that can assist you, that can um, break that wall, right, that's, that's hindering you from being able to, to progress. But so what can you tell us about your journey through college? What, what was that like for you? Because we know it, for every, every uh, student, it's very different, mm -hmm. different experiences, mm -hmm. different contexts. Yeah. Um, for you, how would, how would that have been? How, how was that going through college? Yeah, I think college was um, fun. I, of course, I learned a lot. It was challenging. Um, again, I was a student parent, so I had to uh, figure out how to get bus passes, how to get support so that I could actually complete my college degree. But one of the things I want to tap back into is I do think it's really important for us as educators to seek out those students and mm -hmm. provide the support to them. Sometimes students won't come to us. Yeah. And so it's really important that we place the onus on our institutions to provide the students their needs. Definitely. So we can place them up on billboards. We can put them on um social media, but sometimes students don't even access that. Mm. Uh, some students are parents and they're dropping off their kid and they're just getting barely to their class and then they have to rush to get to their child. And so it's right. important for us in their classroom space that every educator on the campus really know what support services are available to students. Right. So if you're a faculty member and mm -hmm. you're in the class and you see a student who you know is coming in late every day because maybe they don't have a bus pass or they don't have gas to get to school and they're barely hanging on, don't fail that student. Mm -hmm. Reach out to them and say, Definitely. hey, we have a basic needs um, department that can support you with a, a voucher or mm -hmm. they can support you with food. There's all of these resources that we have available, but it's important for educators to offer that to students right. instead of expecting a student to come to you because oftentimes that does not happen. Right. And then you think about some of the students that we heard, we serve. Mm -hmm. Some of our students are just as impacted yeah. where they're embarrassed to ask for things or you have a student who has a language barrier who may have come from another country and does not know that there are services that we offer. Right. And so, again, it's critical for the educators that are on the campuses to know it's their, it's their role and responsibility to know what we offer for our students. Definitely. And so I want to place the onus on the campus and the institution versus the student. Right, definitely, definitely. And um, what was one thing going into college, going through that whole process that you yeah. didn't expect? Right, we, we, we all, things happen in our yeah. lives, unprecedented situations, circumstances that um, we didn't expect to go through at all maybe, but uh, what was one thing that maybe going through college or university yeah. that you didn't expect that you were able to overcome? Yeah, I think the financial barrier, mm. right? You go, you, you get accepted to a college and you think <laughs> that that's great, yeah. but not really understanding that getting accepted comes with the cost of books, the cost of getting there, the cost of the tuition, the cost of housing, and still trying to work three, four, five different jobs, being parents, being family members. And so I think for me, it was not truly understanding the cost that the cost and sacrifice, let me say that. Mm -hmm. Because you have to sacrifice in yeah. order to get anything you want, right? So the cost of going to school, as well as the sacrifice and the discipline that it takes to reach your goals. And I don't think I fully understood that being um, a high school student graduating that 
while there is trials and tribulations that there would be something greater at the end and mm -hmm. going into it i don't think i fully understood that initially mm, definitely definitely and what are what were the maybe underrated tools that were that, that assisted you to get through your classes because yeah. man we all go through oh, these yeah. classes we time management oh, uh, yeah. all that good stuff what were some of the stuff that helped you get through that you know i think one of the things i would say is uh, i talked about the educational opportunity program eops and mm -hmm. services that supported me i don't think i truly fully utilized initially um, one, the program support. Two, um, the peer mentorships, mm. uh, the peer mentors that were there who had navigated the system that understood it, that may not have been my counselors, mm -hmm. but that were there who worked on campus to provide that navigational support. And so um, that was another piece. And then I didn't really tap into tutoring services. Mm -hmm. Why? Tutoring was wow. there, supplemental instruction was there. Um, instead of challenging myself to try to figure out, I could have always gone to a tutor who was there, who was accessible, who was, um, you know, accessible, who was knowledgeable in the areas that maybe I was lacking in. And it could have been pride. It could have just been not knowing. And the other piece is time. You talked about time yeah. management, right? Navigating yeah. work, family, school, et cetera. So those are a couple things I would say that I did not anticipate or did not fully utilize. Wow. Yeah, definitely. And uh, what would you say is the thing that helps you be most productive? Um, what yeah. helps you uh, produce more during your day or while you were in college that you were yeah. saying, okay, I did this that really made me focus on the task at hand, right? Yeah. I would say waking up early. Mm. I'm an early riser. And so I love, uh, one of the things I loved about Kobe Bryant is mm. that his discipline in waking up at 4 a.m. Um, in the morning. I can't do a 4 a.m., but I do think waking up in the morning um, and getting my day started helps me a great deal uh, so that when I get in the office, I've already worked three hours before yeah. I've gotten here. Wow. Right? And so um, I would say uh, for sure, Earl being an early riser, uh, I'm extremely disciplined and mm -hmm. I'm extremely hardworking. So it's not that I'm super smart and mm -hmm. that's what got me through. No, it's being able to be disciplined and understanding um, that sacrifice right so sometimes yeah. there's time i remember being in uh, my doctorate program mm -hmm. and wanting to do family functions and doing um, uh, parties or other things i couldn't do that because i was on a mission yeah and so um, being disciplined and sacrificing i would say are some of the things that have helped me definitely definitely and well um, to close off this interview yeah. thank you so much for being <laughs> here with us and taking all this time but what is one piece of advice that you would give your 18-year-old self um, if you could? I would tell my 18-year-old self to be extremely unapolog um, unapologetically um, proud of being myself hmm. and walk into every room with that same pride and being proud of the cultural identities that we have. Sometimes we don't see the asset of coming from these beautiful maybe underserved communities, but that's where the pride and the richness and the, um, and the, um, the cultural wealth comes from. Mm -hmm. And so I would tell my 18-year-old self to be extremely proud of every, every part of me, from my identity, from my uh, feminism, to being a woman, all these beautiful identities that yeah. we have, being truly proud of being just who you are is enough. Love that. Absolutely yeah. love that. Thank you yeah. so much for your time, thank Dr. You. King. Um, and I think I say this on behalf of the whole Gateway team. Thank you for everything oh. you're doing for us, for the institution. Thank you for um, everything you're promoting in regards to inclusion and equity. We, we just thank you for all the efforts that you're doing here at, at this campus and all the other ones that are also under the umbrella of the, of the, the continuing, College of Continuing Education. 
Thank you, and I have to say thank you so much to our Gateway program. I'm so proud of this program for many reasons, but the students that you serve are the most underserved student populations. Really? And if it wasn't for our Gateway program, none of them, many of them, I should say, would be able to reach their goals successfully, and it is truly through all of the work that this entire team brings. I'm so impressed by, um, when I talked about educators reaching out, that's what you all do. Mm -hmm. I'm so impressed by the outreach efforts on the social media. Um, you all have made this program so accessible. Um, that is just amazing. And I'm very proud of your leader, Dean yes. Stephanie Lewis, yes. who um, comes in every day and advocates for um, this team and this program. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank and, you. and if you feel that you can benefit from this program, again, feel free to reach out and contact us. We'll be more than happy um, to meet you where you are, to provide our resources. All you have to do is live within the county of San Diego, uh, fall into the category of self-identifying immigrant refugee or English language learner and be between the ages of 16 and 24 and we will be more than happy to provide any necessary resource for you to be able um, to reach your academic goals. Alright, thank you guys so much and we will see you guys next week at our next episode of our SDCC Gateway Podcast. See you later.